The writing on the wall has happened, um, and this is the interpretation of it. Daniel gives it to Belshazzar, Nebuchadnezzar's son, or perhaps grandson, uh, in this drunken feast. It's amazing how quickly they've sobered up. They've gone from this wild party where they're bringing out these vessels of gold and silver that they've stolen from the temple, these sacrificial vessels. These were not party cups from the temple. They were the, the, the cups that carried the blood of the sacrifice. And they are uh, now living it up. And then this writing on the wall happens. A hand appears and writes it on the wall. Um, I went to a drama years ago as a kid where they dramatized this in a play and they had like a video projector put the hand writing on the wall. It was pretty dramatic writing, I guess, in Hebrew, although it seems like they're writing in Aramaic probably here. And, uh, or maybe it was in English. I don't remember what the hand wrote in the, in the play I went to, but I remember like thinking, no, no, like, like it was the, the hand was gouging in the plaster of the wall, the, the writing, much like the Ten Commandments were carved by the finger of God on the tablets of stone. So this handwriting of God on the wall is more of like a scratching on the wall um, than rather than like maybe ink on the wall or a video projection. And so everyone freezes, they've sobered up and they find Daniel. He's not at the party, just like he wasn't at the, the big golden monument set up. He wasn't there either. And now he's not at this party, but he shows up and he's, the only sober guy in the room. And he says, you know, keep your money, keep your rewards. I don't really want them. Um, look where it's gotten you guys. And he says, you know, your, your father, Nebuchadnezzar, had everything. He had all the power any, in the whole world. He had all the, the riches anyone could ever want. And he still, uh, he still didn't have a relationship with the one true God. He had everything except for that. And God gave him one. God humbled him, sent him out to live with the animals for years. And it was in those that moment that he became a follower of the one true God. But Belshazzar, you, his son, the one that's throwing this party, doesn't get it. He doesn't know God. In fact, all he does is devote his entire resources, his entire life to the gods of gold, silver, stone, wood, and iron. So Daniel translates this cryptic meaning. Now, it was written um, in their language, so to speak. Um, you know, they, they, could, they knew what the words were, mene, mene, tekel, parson. And the singular of parson is paris, because later, this is in Aramaic. So Aramaic is a weird language. It's, it's not Hebrew, but it's similar to Hebrew in the sense it uses a lot of Hebrew words that we use in Hebrew, but it's definitely a different language. And he, he has this, these, these words written on the wall, kind of like um, maybe another example for us might be uh, handwriting on the wall. I'm trying to think of a good example of where you just have three words and you don't know what they mean. And so th the deciphering them is pretty simple. You know, God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. That's mene. I think that means the num it means number. And tekel, you've been weighed on the scales and found wanting. In other words, God has looked at all the good stuff you've done and all the horrible things you've done and, uh, and the scales don't balance. Um, this doesn't mean this is how God 
judges everybody in the world, but certainly this is how God is judging Belshazzar and his kingdom. So uh, the weight. And then Parson or Perez, as he says later, your kingdom that means to be divided. Your kingdom will be divided. There's a guy in, um, in Genesis in the genealogies of humanity that is named Perez. For in his day, the land was divided. Is this a reference to Pangaea breaking apart or some other continental shift? Hard to know. Um, but his name is Perez. And here Perez, the word, shows up again that your kingdom will be divided. And it'll be given to somebody else. This is shocking news. And, and it seems like Belshazzar doesn't get it. He doesn't even like acknowledge it. He just is like, okay, here's your reward. You, you translated the words. Thank you, Daniel. Great job. Great job. Give that guy a promotion. Uh, you know, make him a special, give him the gold chain, the purple robe. Remember, gold, gold is the most precious metal, still is on earth, um, I think, still is. And um, purple was not just made like pur- purple was a dyed product made with snails, snail dye, probably. Um, and it took, you know, it would be extreme amount of money in gold to make one purple robe that with just a fringe of purple on it to a complete purple robe would have cost fortunes because you had to crush that many snails to get the the uh, purple dye. And so it seems like everything's fine. You know, he just announced the end of the kingdom. And then it says that very night, and the historical record shows that the Mede, the Medo-Persian Empire, which is an alliance of Persians coming from Iran, was modern-day Iran, come into Babylon, which is modern-day Iraq. They cut off the, the river Euphrates, and they, um, they dam it up and divert the water course and then march their troops under the, the water gate uh, that would normally have a river there. It's a dry riverbed, and they go into the city. While this wild party ha- is happening, they don't even know it's happening, that the invasion is happening that very night. And this is how the kingdom of Babylon falls. Uh, this is how all tyrants fall when they least expect it. This is how all people who have used their power for their own selfish gain um, fall when they least expect it, um, in the midst of wild partying, in the midst of this, um, this blasphemy of the house of God. You don't mess with the salvation system of God, it seems like. And this is one of the indictments that Daniel brings against this king, that you messed with the sacred objects in the temple. Let's not do that. And even as we, um, we live in a day when people do abuse power, when they use power for their own means to get what they want, to take what they want, and they should know that their writing on the wall day is coming as well. And it's from God. It is not from Daniel. Daniel is not bringing this judgment on anybody. He is announcing the judgment. He's not doing the judgment. He's announcing it. God is the one who brings this kind of judgment to stop them in their tracks, to say enough is enough. It needs to end. And this gives me hope for the world, that in spite of all the injustice and power that is used to to take advantage of people, that is used to take advantage of people, God has the last word. God always does. The writing is on the wall. Amen. Mm-hmm.